For the sake of time, um, I'm going to hand it off straight to Diego, who has a really, really important talk prepared. I, I hear it's the best rant he's going to give all year. Is Do you think that's a good way of selling it? Uh, I I definitely agree with that type of uh with that analysis. Justin has has not heard this talk, but he has heard me talk about this talk, and it's so he's he's really confident that this is the one that it's going to be. We're going to be talking about in particular how to care for your long hair. Um, so you know, shampoo, conditioner, that kind of stuff is extraordinarily important. But your choice of which one that you are going to use is just as important as using them to begin with. That's actually not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about privacy today. Why is privacy important? Kind of privacy in the uh, area of cryptocurrencies. Um, it's something that's extremely overlooked. And you know what? That's one of the big things that we'd like to do is try to educate people on why is privacy important and all this different kind of stuff. And I have noticed something. I have noted something. You know, every once in a while, the community funds me to go to this, that, the other conference in Las Vegas and whatever place. I, I go to different conferences, right? And what I have discovered is I sit in my little Monero table and uh, wait for people to come by for me to talk to them about Monero is I am very rarely selling Monero as a coin. Like I'm very, very rarely selling this coin. I find that I'm more often selling an alternative worldview, a different worldview to the, what people are used to. It's a worldview that where privacy is important. It's not taken for granted. You know, privacy and security are um, top priorities for people and for society. And if you grab onto this worldview, if you understand this worldview, then Monero sells itself. It becomes extremely self-evident as to why something like Monero needs to exist in the world. And the, the failings of Bitcoin as well really kind of um, become self-evident. But if you don't latch on to this um, to this worldview, if I try to talk with you about it, you're like, eh, you know, I'm, I don't really buy into this. Well, you know, it's okay to be wrong, first of all. But second of all, uh, they're, they're not going to really get Monero. It's just not going to make sense to them. Why is this necessary? What, what does it have over Bitcoin? Nothing is their response. If you don't grasp this worldview, you're not going to understand Monero. More often than not, so you know, just to summarize that little piece, more often than not, I find myself selling a worldview more than I am selling a coin. Um, and that worldview is privacy. Um, in fact, I would say like 90% of my words when I'm speaking at these conferences is not I only talk about Monero the very last 10% of my rant. And then because I'm like, so everything I just described, yeah, Monero basically does that. And they're like, oh, okay, that, that totally makes sense. Um, and so it's, it's helpful to kind of to kind of look at the past of cryptocurrencies, kind of look at the past of privacy. And, and you know, kind of like uh, Matthias was saying, uh, in, in, um, in the EU and in other places, privacy is under attack in, in, in various capacities. Um, so... Justin sent me a cool little outline that I've got on my phone. He's like, here, Diego, don't deviate from this. Otherwise, you're going to go on for three hours and we will lose all of our viewership. He didn't actually say that. Uh, but <laughs> uh, for just as a small, quick reintroduction, my name is Diego Salazar. Rarar. I do some stuff about uh, in some things in the Monero project. I run Cypher Market, a little business. I uh, work on the website and I made these little guys, which you'll be able to purchase at some point here pretty soon. Uh, one day. Uh, so uh, first off, I want to kind of talk about, um, well, I guess I want to start this conversation off kind of um, looking at the history 
of Bitcoin, kind of looking back when cryptocurrencies first started and the pseudonymity of Bitcoin and, and exploring the question, was it enough then? Is it enough now? Why? Why not? Because really, Bitcoin, if we're honest, it sets the standard for everything. Everybody knows Bitcoin. Mostly everybody respects Bitcoin in some capacity. And it, it's the, the gold standard for cryptocurrencies. And uh, a lot of the Monero people think that it, it fails spectacularly in terms of privacy. But let's take a look, right? Was Monero private enough way back then? So back then, you know, Monero, I mean, not, sorry, not Monero, Bitcoin. Bitcoin has always been open and public and transparent. It, there has never been a time where it, um, it has been similar to Monero and they chose to forego that technology for some reason. It's always been open and transparent. The issue is, so I, I would argue actually that Bitcoin was private enough back then, even though it was just pseudon pseudonymous, not anonymous. And the reason I would argue that is because it was so new that nobody was thinking to track these things. Um, so for those of you who don't know, metadata kills. Metadata is that type of thing like the subject line of your email or how long were you on a call? It was 37 minutes. Or who were you talking to? Well, like it was between this person A and person B. Um, this is all metadata. So it's not the actual content of the call. It's not the actual content of the email. It's just kind of the things about it. But a lot of things can be deduced from metadata. Um, as an example, if the location of a call, my call, is on a bridge somewhere, and the recipient of my call is a suicide prevention hotline. You know, you don't know the contents of my call, but just from those two metadata points, you can, you can maybe deduce what the content may have been. And uh, so, you know, there's a very famous quote by some governmental agency. I don't remember off the top of my head which one it is, but uh, we have killed based off of metadata is what it said. Um, Metadata is enough to incriminate people. Metadata is enough to uh, to kill some people, to take away some people's freedoms. So, but that that metadata has to be collected. Like if no, if if I make a call and it lasts thirty minutes, but nobody thinks to write down somewhere that this call lasted thirty minutes, then that then that will be kind of lost in time, um, and nobody will will ever know. So. When Bitcoin kind of first started and all these transactions were going around, we do have the record of these transactions existing, which Bitcoin went where, but nobody was really thinking that this was going to be a big thing. I don't think anybody was really uh, caring so much to track all of this metadata about who was online at what times and, and cross-reference that with people who have downloaded Bitcoin and all these different types of things. So I would argue that Bitcoin was good enough. Um, privacy-wise, fungibility-wise, with the pseudonymity that it had. But then as it gains in popularity and more eyes look at it and more people look at it and they start saying, hey, this is something big. And I understand that if I start taking this metadata and I, I start collecting this metadata, when is Diego? Diego downloaded the Bitcoin Core software. What, what times is he online? What times is this other person that he is known to deal with online? Okay, there is a transaction that happened in Diego's prime online times and received at this other guy's prime online times. Maybe, you know, maybe I can connect this person to that person or, or these people to those people. And now that people know to collect the metadata around these transactions, you can be sure that it is being collected. So then the question becomes, is Bitcoin now private enough with this metadata being collected? The answer, I believe, is a resounding no. So the question then becomes, is Monero private enough with this metadata that's being surely collected around the Monero transactions? And my answer is we are still doing a whole lot of research to figure that out. I would say mostly yes. 
you know, but it's very hesitant. There's a huge asterisk there with a lot of other things going on in there because privacy is really, really hard. Let me say that again. Privacy is really, really hard. Let me say that a third time for you people that you just can't get it in your head, in your heads. Privacy is really freaking hard to get right. You can't just bolt it on. You can't just say, we're going to throw Tor on this and it's going to work. You can't, none of this works, guys. Privacy is so difficult because the, people will find ways to not only compromise your software, but there's certain metadata being collected that you never considered. And then for some reason that just completely exposes you and you're completely screwed. And all it takes is once, all it takes is one breach of your privacy. And from there, just all these things just start connecting the dots and things just start making uh making a lot more sense because we are whether we like it or not we are entangled in a web of society and i don't mean to sound like a conspiracy theorist but we are entangled in this web of society and, and to kind of get this point across we most people know that facebook collects all these information about everybody let's say i don't have a facebook i've never had a facebook and so you can't find me on there Facebook probably still knows that I exist simply because if my family uses Facebook, if my friends use Facebook and they say, oh, look, I'm over here at this coffee shop with uh, person X, person Y and person Z, all of which are on Facebook. So you can tag them and Diego and Facebook's like, hmm, Diego. OK, we don't have Diego in our database, but we also have somebody else named Salazar who's talking about Diego and this other person in the same town is talking about Diego. So from this web, they can kind of see that Diego exists. And also they can kind of see the things that Diego does, the people he hangs out with, the places he spends his money, because not because I'm giving them that data, but because a whole bunch of other people are giving them clues. And from all of those clues, they can put this together. So there's this big gigantic web and I liken privacy to driving. Even if I am the best driver there is, the safest driver there is, I take zero chances. It's not me that I have to worry about on the road. It's everybody else it's that one random drunk driver who could still kill me even if i'm the safest guy and even and even then all it takes is one failure on my part to be a safe driver. i could be a safe driver 99.999 percent of the time but on the 0.0001 percent where i'm not safe maybe that's all it can take as well in, in the sense that uh your privacy is only as strong as your opsec during your entire lifetime because once privacy is given away it can't be taken back so all of these little points that i'm trying to uh to make if, if it seems like i'm jumping around a little bit let me just pull it back into this um into this one area where i privacy is extremely difficult and it's even more so now that there is this there is the technology enabling passive surveillance so people can collect all this metadata and store it basically for free in fact it's cheaper to I mean, it's it's more expensive to throw data away than it is to throw it at this point, just in terms of the returns that you get on it, as well as people giving away their data freely to things like social media sites, surveillance capitalism, all this kind of stuff going on. Um, so not only is this stuff being um, taken in passively, but also when you know you are look, uh, seen looking at things like Monero or or you are a face in Monero, anyone like Justin or or. Francisco or myself, who we have our faces and names associated with the project, you know, you can be sure you're on a list somewhere. Um, privacy is really difficult. And so Bitcoin, with its open, transparent nature, with its ability to look at all of these outputs going here, there and elsewhere, and it's just not good enough anymore because of all of these other connecting points of metadata around them. It, it's fairly, it's getting more and more trivial every day to point which transactions go where 
when, why, how. So maybe, you know, if you started way back when, when Bitcoin first started and you still haven't moved your coins, you know, you're probably safe because nobody was thinking to collect metadata back then. But even this statement is based on the assumption that nobody was thinking to collect that metadata back then. Maybe there was somebody that was. And uh, if, if so, then all of this is, is, is moot. Um, so, you know, Monero, uh, we make no guarantees in terms of 100% privacy. I don't think any serious privacy project does. Tor does not, I2P does not, all of them have a threat model. All of them talk about the weaknesses of their different threat models and stuff like that. If anyone tries to sell you 100% privacy, 100% untraceable, they have no idea what they're talking about. They have no idea how privacy works. They, they really just don't. Um, privacy is a bunch of tools in a big tool belt, which includes things like open source software, which includes things like, uh, Tor for privacy and IP addresses and Monero for privacy and finances. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting because before Monero, there wasn't really a tool for absolute privacy. I, I say absolute, but you know, I, I have, I have quotes around that, uh, privacy in in terms of finances so before like even if you had a dark web website and stuff if they can track down your server then they just follow the money who paid for this now with something like monero uh, it's it's becoming more uh, difficult to do that as well um which is good in some ways and bad in, in other ways um another issue before i move on that i would like to address because i did just mention the dark web and kind of following the money here and maybe that's used to catch criminals which we usually agree is good but like his uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. Monero is very much like the atomic bomb of the financial world. The atomic bomb can do a lot of damage to a lot of people. It, it can. And so the question is, should this thing even exist? You know, should this thing even exist? It does exist. So we can't just like make it not exist or forget it exists. It does exist. Uh, the question is, should this even exist? And so, you know, I've had discussions with several people that I, I, I just, I just feel uncomfortable with something like Monero existing. It would enable a lot of bad things, to which I can't deny. That's definitely true. Um, it can enable a lot of bad things. But the way that I look at this, um, this powerful privacy is, you know, you have a saw, a regular saw, if you can imagine a regular saw. And I can cut down a tree at a certain pace with that saw. So I can do good, honest, regular work with that saw. I can also cut apart a human body at a certain speed with that saw. So I can do damage, destruction to humanity with this, uh, with this tool. Now, the upgrade of a saw is a chainsaw. And with a chainsaw, which I have used before, um, my, uh, my father-in-law has some nice little cool land in the woods. And so I used a chainsaw. We were cutting down some little itty-bitty trees. Um, I can cut down this tree much faster with a chainsaw, but I can also cut a human apart much faster. I can do damage to humanity much faster with it. For every single tool that exists, you can do good things with it and you can do bad things with it. And the more powerful the tool, the, the faster you can do good things, the more good things you can do, <laughs> and the, uh, the, the faster you can do damage with something like this. So the question is, should this technology even exist? Uh, you know, that, that's, that's a question for the philosophers to talk about. The fact of the matter is, it's here. It's here right now. Uh, and we can't really put it, we can't put the cat back in the bag, man. It's already here. Um, the best we can do is uh, try to move the project in the direction that we think is best for the world and for humanity. So anyway, sorry to go to that little morality side note. Um, 
it's just, it is something that I actually get asked quite a lot when I when I talk about these types of things because it does enable a lot of good things and enables a lot of people to hide from totalitarian regimes. It enables a lot of people to hide their wealth from people that might otherwise steal it. Um, but it, it it might enable a lot of things that some might consider bad. So. So uh, let's go ahead and keep going. Let's keep talking. So, you know, Bitcoin has some of these cool things. They're like, yeah, yeah, guys, we understand Bitcoin is not private. A lot of Bitcoin people say Bitcoin's not private, but they say, but see, we got things like Lightning Network. That's really going to help. We got things like CoinJoin. That's really going to help. And then some forks from Bitcoin happen and they're like, yeah, see, we like this whole coin join thing and we put it in by default. So like, you know, all the stuff, how the mixing happens kind of, or um, it's heavily encouraged or any of this type of stuff. And we put Tor on there and we did a whole bunch of no other things. So the question becomes, is Monero going overboard with privacy? Is Monero like really, maybe the coin join is enough. Maybe it's enough. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, guys. Is CoinJoin technology enough? Is this kind of mixing coins, uh, trying to wash your coins? Is this enough? Is it enough to get people off of your trail? Um, the jury is largely still out on this, but it's leaning towards no. It's leaning towards this idea that it, your coins can still be followed. And if you do some research on the internet, do some Googles, listen to some stories, you know, some might say, well, it's just fear mongering. They're not true. It needs to be verified and fair enough, you know, but you're, you're going to come across some um, where people have like, well, I did mix my coins or I did do these things. And then all of a sudden uh, my, my transaction got canceled. There was actually one on the Reddit for Monero that was linked to the Bitcoin where a guy was saying, I moved my, I washed my coins. I mixed my coins and my thing still got shut down. How did this happen? Um, it's, it's honestly looking like the answer is no. And once again, people just look at this, this coin join, this mixing in a vacuum, as opposed to along with correlating metadata. They just think, oh, well, in a vacuum, if you look at the blockchain, it should be hard to follow. Yes, this is probably largely true, but the blockchain does not exist in a vacuum. It exists in a largely uh, connected world where all of this metadata will help you kind of say this coin was starting at Diego and went elsewhere to this other guy that we know. Um, and in fact, we, we at Monero and the MRL and all these people believe that not only is CoinJoin not enough, the question is not, is CoinJoin enough? The question is, is Monero enough? Do we need to up the ring size? Do we need to, you know, like, man, like, it, are we good enough? Because privacy is hard and we, we really just don't know sometimes. Um, you know, there are some days where it's like, yes, definitely. This, this is the best that we have and Monero is good enough. And there are some days I'm like, oh man, guys, what are we doing? Oh, there is no way. There is no way. But, you know, I, I would rather not back down from a challenge like this because people don't make history books by backing down from difficult things. Now, people make history books because they look at a challenge, they look at something hard, and they say, we're going to do this and we're going to do this right. And it changes the world. That's what I want to be. I want to be a world change maker kind of guy. Anyway, don't go very deep into history since Fluffy Puff Coney already covered this point. Stress that blah, 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 blah. Monero got better. Zero coin and Zcash. Yeah. Zero coin and Zcash. So uh, Monero is not the only privacy coin as uh, they are coined that the term, the coined term privacy coin, which I think is a misnomer. And a lot of people would agree with me. Uh, it's, I think that things like Bitcoin and stuff should be called transparency coins and things like Monero should be called cryptocurrencies because privacy should be the default as opposed to having a segment of cryptocurrencies called privacy coins. But anyways, um, cryptocurrencies, uh, 
there's a few other ones that have different privacy schemes. You know, Monero uses a combination of three um, privacy technologies. We use ring signatures, we use ring CT, and we use stealth addresses. And the idea is that each of those limits metadata in some way and where the weaknesses of one start, the strengths of another begin, wait, where the weaknesses, where the strengths of one stop, forget it. You guys know what I'm saying. They cover for each other. They help each other. Um, so, and, and the, the actual cumulative effect of the privacy is more than the sum of their parts um, in this particular case. So, and then pretty soon, you know, Tor and I2P will be integrated as well, which will uh, also be helpful. But there does exist other privacy technologies, other ways of trying to mix coins that are not things like CoinJoin. And this is things like the zero coin protocol as implemented in something like Pivx, I think is the biggest one, which is a hilarious name. But that aside, it's good that there is that they have this implementation. And uh, Zcash is the other big one that most people know, which implements the zero cash, not zero coin, but zero cash, which is based off of the zero coin, but it's its own thing. Zero cash technology, which um, I think most people here would agree is stronger than Monero when used Z to Z and used consistently and by default. Um, and it scales better and all this different kind of stuff. But there's this big asterisk because Zcash's actual implementation is uh, not the kind that uh, advocates for default privacy. And that's a big poking point that we use uh, with them. But there are these other things that exist and they all have their pros and cons. And I think this is one of the big things to understand is that all of this is a pro-con game. All of this is a uh, way the strengths and the weaknesses of this. For example, in adopting the privacy technologies that we have in Monero, we have sacrificed scalability to a degree. To which degree? We don't know yet because cryptocurrencies are not used far and wide and we don't see how they scale for reals. But we have sacrificed scalability to a degree. Each individual transaction, meaning each, each individual block, is much larger, even with the bulletproof shrinkage, which is awesome. It is still much larger than an average Bitcoin transaction, just because in addition to um, all of the normal information about who's sending to what, where, with the block headers and all this different kind of stuff and the transaction stuff, we also are layering on these, these obfuscation, encryption, privacy-enhancing technologies. And that takes up space because that's being stored on the blockchain indefinitely. Um, so Bitcoin does have the advantage that it scales a degree better. Again, which degree? We don't know and people have different opinions, but it does scale a certain degree better than Monero does. Um, in a sense, you know, if you talk with Arctic Mine, he'll talk with you, okay, I'm a dynamic block size, blah, blah, blah. You know, we can go down that rabbit hole as well. But it, it is something that we sacrifice. You know, Monero uh, transactions are bigger. So all of this is kind of pros and cons. All of this is weighing this stuff. And zero coin and zero cash each have their own pros and cons as well. For example, zero cash, Zcash, as most of us know, has a trusted setup. In order to get this fantastically scaling, fantastically private um, technology to work correctly, it has to be set up initially by somebody and if that initial setup is compromised, then that individual can print free money for infinity time and nobody would be able to catch it. As well as some people, you know, recently people like Peter Todd have been skeptical about the claims that a, a compromised startup ceremony would not compromise privacy. Maybe it might. We, we're, there's not enough research into that area right now. So I, I can't say one way or the other, but there are pros and cons. And Monero may not be the best way. Monero may not be the best way. I'll say that again. Um, 
people are often surprised to find out that I am not a maximalist. I am not a Monero maximalist. It is not Monero or the highway for me. I, I'm, I constantly publicly say I own only Monero. I don't own really anything else. Um, I own a little bit of TerraCoin because I did a little bit of website for them before I saw the light and then they paid me in TerraCoin and now I have TerraCoin. So yeah, you can look that up if you want. It's not much money. Um, I, I basically only have Monero. And the reason is not because I'm a maximalist and it's like, well, if Monero fails then I just want everything to fail, um, it's because I don't believe Monero has any good competition right now. I want Monero to have competition because competition drives the whole space forward, but there is not anybody that's willing to um, commit hardcore to having a privacy by default and mandatory type thing. Nobody else has really done that. There, there's a couple of little players and we'll see where they where they end up and that's kind of exciting. But by and large, nobody has really committed to that kind of thing because they're worried about, well, what about the governments and what about shutting us down and what about this X, Y, and Z? Um, so if something else comes along, great. And if Monero itself is merely a stepping stone to a better cryptocurrency that is... Um, private by default, fungible, all these different things. If Monero is just a stepping stone so that we can have that, then by all means, let Monero die in its proper time so we can have that thing. All I care about is private digital money uh, that is fungible, that is available to the world to protect humanity. That's what I care about. And if Monero is that, great. If Monero is a stepping stone, great. Let it be that. Um, and who knows, maybe one day I will jump ship. I'll say, see you all. You've annoyed me too much and I'm going to go work on something else. Uh, and, and if that's the case, um, I, I could never do that to you guys. Come on. There's, there's too much heart here. There's too many connections. It's, um, it's more likely a binary fate. We just steal all the money from us playing poker. But, you know, that, that, I digress. So <laughs> he will own all of the Monero uh, pretty soon. It's pretty soon here. So um, that that's kind of my, I, I, I kind of, jumped to uh, kind of my, my position on maximalism and any that kind of thing. But kind of going back to zero coin and zero cash, there are alternative privacy um, implementations going on. And it's so important that these that they exist. I, I would, some people might disagree with that. But to me, in my opinion, it is so important that these things exist. And the reason is all of cryptocurrency is just one big gigantic experiment. None of us know whether any of this is actually going to work. And um, science is very cool in that, the goal is for science to be reproducible, as in if somebody conducts an experiment, I should be able to do the exact same things with the exact same method methodology, apply the exact same statistics, and get the same results. Um, and so that reproducibility is definitely a core part of science. But if the only experiment that science ever did was, did was the same experiment, then we would not have very many scientific advancements. So it's important that we do have all of these other alternative implementations, most of which I expect will fail. And then we can do an autopsy after they've died and see, okay, why did they die? Maybe it was a, a social thing. Maybe it was a, a failure of, of the technology or, or the cryptography or the privacy or anything like that. It's important that these things exist so that we can see largely kind of what, what comes out and, and keeps going. That's not to say that the best technology always wins. So, but it's important that they exist for science. Um, as well, I guess one last little rabbit trail I want to go down. In regards to Bitcoin, um, everybody is always talking about mass adoption, kind of for cryptocurrency as a whole, kind of especially for Bitcoin. You know, we want to see Bitcoin adopted. We want to see it get go places. I 
if I may make another shocking statement, I would fight tooth and nail against Bitcoin being adopted globally just because of the ability that it gives regimes around the world to track people's finances at an unprecedented level. As Bitcoin becomes more and more adopted, I will fight that it does not. I do not want it to become adopted. For those of us in the first world, I, I say this often, for those of us in the, fir in the first world, oftentimes the worst thing that we have to deal with with our lack of privacy is things like targeted ads. But many times in regimes that are much worse, uh, these people face very serious consequences for the lack of privacy. And it's so funny to me that things like Bitcoin um, constantly talk about being currency for, for the world, currency for everybody, something that everyone can use. But when you really look, dig down deep, it's not currency that everyone can use because the lack of privacy is appalling and it is very destructive to certain marginalized people groups in different places. Um, it's a classic case of very smart people, oftentimes developers or these types of things, very smart people developing solutions that users don't actually need. This is what Bitcoin is because these people don't just need censorship resistance. They don't just need immutability. They also need privacy. They are not a coin for the world. They are a coin for the first world who don't have severe consequences for lack of privacy. Although the consequences in the first world are getting more severe as time goes on, but they really are not a coin for those people that desperately need it the most. In the same way, I can look at Monero and, and give a similar criticism. While Monero does um, have that ability that Bitcoin does not, because of Monero's bigger transactions and because of Monero's bigger fees, maybe it's not going to be worth it in Venezuela where they get paid uh, a couple of dollars a month to pay uh, for slightly higher fees to send Monero, although this isn't as big of a problem now that we have bulletproofs. But um, maybe even those couple of cents or those 10 cents, they won't be able to afford that. So that's not going to be an option for them. So we have to find ways to optimize those types of things as well. So Bitcoin and all the other things like Bitcoin, even though they keep saying we are a currency for the world, we want mass adoption, all this kind of thing, they really, they really are not looking at the needs of people and meeting those needs, um, which is a classic UI UX failure. We're not actually looking at the goals of the users. We're building what we think they want. This is also called colonialism, by the way, where we decide for other people what they need and what they want. Um, <clears throat> so the fact of the matter is though, um, even though there are a few other privacy implementations, most, most coins are either building completely transparent solutions, maybe because it's easy, because you just fork Bitcoin and you make a few changes, um, or maybe because they're scared of retaliation from the state or whatever uh, their reasoning might be, or they, they do um, subpar implementations of privacy. And I'm not talking about if they choose zero coin or zero cash or anything like that, although I have opinions on those as well. Um, I'm talking about this idea that they do privacy, you know, not by default, it's kind of opt-in, it's going to be more expensive. And really all of this just points back to PGP. It likens to PGP for me. For those of you who don't know, PGP stands for pretty good privacy. It is a way in which people can encrypt messages kind of over me email or text or sign things. Um, and it, it was, it was invented quite some time ago. It was supposed to kind of be the holy grail of privacy. The goal was to have all of the emails and all of the everything integrate PGP um, at some point, you know, and now we have things like ProtonMail and Tutanota that do it by default. But the sad reality is PGP is a hot sack of garbage. It does its job, 
but the UI, the U, the user experience of PGP is just horrendously bad. It is, it is laughably bad. It is so hard to set up. It is so hard to comprehend. It is so hard to, uh, to keep track of your keys and make sure that they're safe. And to send the idea of cycling your keys every once in a while to make sure that, you know, you, they don't get compromised. And PGP is so, so bad. It is a dumpster fire. It is hot garbage because of the user experience because of the user experience. And um, it, it has the potential to do some great things, but it's just not ever going to do those things. Whereas you have something like Signal or Wire, which are uh, messaging apps, and they do encryption kind of by default. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. There are a couple of extra steps, you know, in terms of verification, if you want to do those steps to make sure you're talking to the person who you are talking to, but those aren't required. And you and they're actually not super hard to do. So in that particular sense, what I did with my parents, I put Signal on their phone. I put it as their default messaging app, and they don't think twice about anything of it. They just kind of send messages with Signal. It works the same as regular stuff, except now it's encrypted. And so now I speak with them encrypted. Mwahaha, you don't know that I'm asking my mom to get me some milk from the grocery store. Um, because we only have one car and my wife takes it to work. Anyway, uh, now that you guys know about my life. So um, the, the point is that something like Signal takes these, these hard concepts of things like encryption and it brings them down to a level where anyone can use. And so then you see these privacy implementations on alternative blockchains. You see things like Dash. You see things like... Um, uh, uh, Zcash or where, where you have to go through extra steps where you have to understand more, maybe have more powerful hardware just to be able to use this, just to be able to understand this, to get your, wrap your head around what you're doing and why you're doing it. And oftentimes the resources needed are also larger. You need to pay a larger fee. Maybe you need, you, like I said, you may need a stronger computer or a stronger phone, or maybe phones can't do it at all because it's so uh, much bigger. Um, and so ultimately, you're just you're just putting this this wall, this barrier of entry, for people to use it. And nowadays, what is PGP used for? Um, very few people actually use PGP. Some people do. A lot of people will put their fingerprint on their Twitter. So, like, if you go to my Twitter, um, you'll see that I put my PGP fingerprint there. And oftentimes, it's used as kind of this badge of honor. I not only know what PGP is, I have set it up. I have this key. So it says like I'm I'm a serious privacy guy. Um, I have gotten a few emails in PGP, which is always kind of fun. I'm like, Ooh, look at this. I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and decrypt this. And it's kind of fun. But, um, for the most part, it's not really used for the, for the goals that it was intended to, uh, to be used for. And so that's largely what I see in terms of Zcash and, and these others. And I, I do hear that Zcash wants to go Z to Z. Um, so encrypted by default and mandatory. And when they do great, more power to them a thousand times. Yay. Uh, in the meantime, they have a product that nobody is using. The only people that are going to use it are the tech nerds that are like, ooh, yes, I know how to send a Z to Z transaction, and that's what I'm going to do. Ha ha ha. Whereas something like Monero, you use Monero and you send it, and you don't have to really think about the obfuscation and encryption. You don't have to think about any of this. If so, it just happens. And yes, there are suboptimal ways to use it that can kind of out you more than most. But by and large, especially because because everybody is hiding in the crowd of everybody, if everybody uses Monero, by and large, it just works. You don't have to think about it. And anything that makes people think, 
anything when using a product is really bad. I don't know if any of you guys know anything about UI UX, okay? But like, you don't want people to think about anything when they're using your thing. Intuitive, as defined in, in UX circles, is this idea that there is a trial and error process of one. As in, somebody is introduced to a new software and they have a goal. They want to accomplish something. It's a new interface. They've never seen it before. But rather than having to try one thing and it fails and then they stumble upon the right thing, they try once and they meet their goal just because the entire interface, it is so blatantly obvious how to achieve their goal that this is what they do. This is the definition of intuitive, just this trial and error of one. That is all that is needed because the whole interface speaks for itself. If things are not intuitive in terms of using privacy, people will just not use it. And that is the sad, sad reality. If we don't make it so stupid simple to use, then people will not use it. And we want people to use this. We want people to use this. Even the people that don't necessarily need it, at the very least, they're not, they're doing, it's not like they're hurting themselves as using it. But at the very best, they're providing a bigger crowd for those that do need it to, um, to be able to take advantage of that. So, um, <clears throat> We need to make it extremely stupid simple. That's one of the things that I'm working on behind the scenes a whole lot. I, you, you would be shocked about how many wallets of how many cryptocurrencies and how many banking applications, just all mobile, desktop, everything I've been looking at to try to understand a lot of these things um, and how they're used and why. And I've gotten into arguments with Justin and the GUI team and all these different things about... Um, uh, this is something I'm passionate about, you know, uh, about making these things simpler and why, because Monero has a lot of great technology like sub addresses. And, uh, and that's some, that's actually what I was arguing with Justin about the other day, where we're arguing about how to best use sub addresses because they have the potential to be confusing. And the more you have to explain, uh, uh, developers have this idea that as long as your documentation is good enough, as long as you have the words to explain, great, that's good enough. People will read the stuff. Nobody reads the stuff. Nobody reads the stuff. Nobody reads the stuff. Should they? Sure. Will they? No. Um, anyway, so that's kind of just as my whole, whole little rant on this UI UX of privacy type thing. And I and I am actually really happy to say that even though Monero may not take it as seriously as I'd like, um, by and large, Monero community, because Monero does not exist. You guys know what I mean. Uh, Monero exists, but uh, it, it is definitely the one that has, um, by making it mandatory and default and removing custom uh, ring signature sizes and stuff like uh, ring sizes and stuff like that, we are making this really stupid simple for everyone to use. There's a few hurdles we have to get over in terms of user experience, and those will come. Those will definitely come. Things will get better. But by and large, Monero is much simpler to use in terms of privacy. And most people wouldn't even know that they're being protected. They're just being protected by default. That's cool. That's something I can get behind. I'm all over that. I am all over that. All right, Justin's like, blah, blah, blah. Diego, 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 you're the best. How can you be the best this much? Um, yeah, so we are running out of time. I, I did start a little bit late. So I don't think I can go for that much longer because we are still looking at a puzzle that Need Money 90 is going to give us. And I don't know about you guys, but I would like to win. I'm probably too lazy to win, but I would like to win. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get over there at some point. Um, the reality is that Monero, not Monero, cryptocurrencies really need a 
privacy layer on, on the base layer, on layer one, not layer two. It's not going to be good enough because even if you use layer two back and forth all the time, in the end, you are um, you're settling on a non-fungible transparent chain and there will be metadata that will be used to associate different things. In fact, something cool like layer two lightning network actually is better suited for Monero for a lot of reasons, because not only is layer one completely fungible and private, but layer two, which enhances that, is once again going to become more than the sum of its parts in terms of making uh, Monero even better in that way. So a lot of these things that are being um, touted for Bitcoin in terms of the future of privacy actually just work better on Monero in terms of uh, how much it enhances the privacy. We we are really doing we are really at the forefront of um privacy technologies and finances it's it's actually kind of scary because there's nobody to go before us when we look back or when other projects i guess like the, the way to say it is when other projects look forward they can always say well monero was there taking the brunt Monero is there. We know they, Monero is known as the king of privacy coins. And so everyone's trying to catch up to Monero. But there's a certain comfort that you, you don't have to pave the way 100%. But because Monero is at the head of the pack, it can be scary because there's nobody that went before us. We are charting, un, uh, we, there are uncharted territories basically right in front of us. And we are the ones, we are the cartographers trying to figure this out. And that's very, very scary sometimes. It's, it's, a, it's a high calling, if you will, um, not to try to get too much on a high horse about how the Monero community is the next coming of something. But uh, it, it's, it's scary. It's hard. And um, we will fail. We will fail. And as a community, I've been very proud of kind of the open mind that we have and, you know, skepticism Sundays or hearing people out and, um, and, and understanding their, um, their misgivings or their concerns with Monero, whether it's on a social level or whether it's on a technological level. But uh, it's actually really cool to be a part of this project. And if you're kind of watching casually, whether after the fact or you're here live right now, um, and you're, you're thinking, yeah, you know what, this does sound kind of cool. I kind of want to get involved. Let, let me tell you, man, like Monero is one of the projects to be at. We do a lot of fun stuff. We got a great community. We're, um, we're really at the forefront of a lot of technologies. We're really pushing the bar. Um, and uh, it, it shows Monero is very respected across this cryptocurrency community. Uh, so except by a few, there are a few who don't, uh, but we love them anyway. We love them enough to just kick them in the shins. So I'm pretty much done. I don't think I have anything else unless there's any questions that uh, somebody has for me. Let me look at the chat. Uh, Revoir doesn't, the Revoir doesn't use sub addresses. How come? So for those of you who don't know, I, I make the Monero Revoir or the Revoir Monero Weekly. Um, if you go to revoir-monero.com, you can see it. It's just a weekly newsletter about all the biggest news, uh, the bigger news things, kind of for, there's price movements in there for those of you who care about those kinds of things and uh, CCS stuff. Uh, what do you mean we don't use sub addresses? Uh, you mean the donation address at the bottom? That's the general fund donation address, man. Like I don't get money from that. If you send to that donation address, it goes to the general fund. It doesn't go to me. Uh, I can ask them to generate a sub address for that if you want me to, and it'll go to them. I mean, you just, you just yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, wasn't Maneruyo developed by a member of the core team? No, actually, uh, Maneruyo was developed because a guy. M2049er 
He's like, oh, there's no Android wallet. I'm going to make it myself. And he did. And um, I I help out the Minerio core team, the, the, not the Minerio core team, the Minerio team a lot. I found after he had made kind of the basics of the, the project, I said, hey, um, I know a couple of designers around here. Do you want me to hook you up with them? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so then the Minerio team was born. And so it, it is very much separate from both the core team and the Monero project. It's its own little thing. So if you want to uh, donate to them and love on them and work with them, by all means, please do. They are awesome people. And they have made a lot of cool things that have been, um, once again, setting the, uh, setting the bar from even Monero, uh, like in terms of connecting to remote nodes and stuff. So the answer is no. And okay. Wow, is there still that many people here just chilling, just listening? Yeah, well, you, you have a following, Diego. Oh, yeah. All right, then. Uh, I'm going to pass it off to Justin. Be on the lookout for these little plushy gunters coming to Cypher Market, coming sometime near you. It's already there. It is already there. Anyway, um, yeah, thank you, Diego, for walking us through that. I think, like, from a personal perspective, I think it's very odd that you had people that were the forefront of you know, personal autonomy that were that are currently and in, in the past arguing for Bitcoin. They're arguing that, you know, Bitcoin is what gives people their power back, whatever it might be. And I mean, that's all fine and good, but I just don't understand how they can look at a completely transparent system and say, you know what, I think privacy is something that's like well down in that list. I'm going to say, you know, maybe you can either maybe you can mine your own blocks to, to have privacy. Just, just mine your own blocks and then you'll figure it out. And I, I just think it's ridiculous that, um, I mean, that, that the same proponents that are, that speak so strongly of, you know, the fundamental values of Bitcoin will just so immediately discard privacy. I think that it, if they, I, I think that across the board in the cryptocurrency community, people need to take privacy far more seriously. And I think even if they're not out there supporting Monero Zcash or whatever it might be, they need to be at the forefront of demanding that, you know, Bitcoin, Litecoin, et cetera, add sensible privacy features to their, to their base protocol, or else we're just going to be a, essentially be building these surveillance systems. And I, I just, I just don't understand how they can just so strongly support a system that ultimately will undermine the individuals that use it. I mean, I just think that's kind of crazy. Um, are there any final comments? Um, otherwise, I, I really appreciate you you taking on the task of, of speaking about this difficult, complicated topic. Diego, I think that what we're going to do now, um, Need Money 90 has been waiting very patiently. I'm going to have just less than five minutes of your time. I have a few announcements that I would like to make in regards to fun things that have been happening um, in the Monero ecosystem uh, within you know, you know today and within the past week. So first... I would like to point out that Mastering Monero uh, recently, as in earlier today, released their free uh, PDF version. So they previously had a print edition that I helped publish, but now there is a free PDF available and there are eBooks available on Google Play and Amazon for you to purchase and use. This is a fantastic resource. Again, if you'd like to purchase it and support the, the material, you're totally welcome to otherwise feel free to just download it, install it for, not install it, sorry, download the PDF. It doesn't cost you anything to read. It's a great, great uh, method for you to learn more about Monero. If you need to start somewhere, that's a great part, What great place, whether or not you're 
a very beginner or you're even a developer that wants to learn more about Monero. So certainly a good place to start there. Uh, the second thing is uh, I'd like to announce that Monero now has its own specific DEF CON village. So last year, Monero split DEF CON with another blockchain related group. Now Monero has its complete own room that's even bigger. So planning is going on with that. Check out the Monero meta uh, repo. Check out the issues there for upcoming events. There is a meeting this Saturday. If you can make it, if you are interested in coming to DEF CON and participating in those experiences, we need the entire community to come together to plan You know, the weekend of talks the weekend of festivities, the weekend of educational materials that we can give out to people. Uh, third, uh, Sir Ray Nother, who again couldn't make it this evening, but yeah, he's very active in the Monero Research Lab community. He's one of the full-time members. Uh, spent a lot of effort in preparing the Monero Conferenco. The Monero Conferenco is an entire conference devoted to Monero. So this year, in addition to having our entire own village at DEF CON for Monero, we also have... Um, an entire conference coming up in June in Denver, Colorado. I posted the schedule in the chat. It is a fantastic lineup. Brandon could not have done any better at getting people to come together. So we're re I'm really looking forward to that. And I think they'll all be recorded. Um, we're all really excited. Uh, Binary Fate announces Minko release that was earlier today, earlier in this chat. And then Diego recently started documenting the week's most important events with the Monero Revoir, which used to be a quarterly report that ran for like two issues, but now it's a weekly report that you can use. So I just wanted to make sure that people who are maybe not hitting F5 in the Monero subreddit like I am all the time might uh, might uh, be knowledgeable about this new resource that people can use to stay updated. So I, I, am, I am now the gatekeeper of the news of Monero. Yes, Diego now gets to determine what is important and what isn't. So I, I accept bribes. <laughs> yeah, you can bribe them. I hear you can bribe them to make uh, to, to make your way onto the Merchant of the Week. Just saying. I mean, uh, Cipher Market's been on there. He probably is just bribing himself. Anyway, all those announcements are uh, to the side. Uh, we have a lot of really cool things. And in the chat, no, we do not have free Samsung Galaxy players that are issues. Those are super old. Those are like iPod touch old. So. Yeah, old personal history related to my stupid username. Anyway, so now I'm going to hand it over to Need Money, who's going to get us started with a fun puzzle for you all. After the puzzle, we even have a game. So we're going to start with this really fun puzzle activity, move into a game. And I think during this time, um, the React group can start actually finally cutting the Monero cake because I'm sure they want to go to bed at some point um, because we, we've kind of kept them on the line for a while. But again, thank you, Diego. Take it off, need money. Let's 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 have some fun. Yeah. Uh, so, Justin, do you want to get the crossword uh, displayed on your screen so that we can show that in a second? Uh, yeah, sure. Give me give me one second here. I'll pull it up. Well, while I while I talk about it. Okay. So, uh, over the past couple of days, I have uh, made a multi-step puzzle, and uh, at the end of it, there is a game theory game that you will be entered to participate in. I, I will not uh, go into any more details, but you will have a chance to actually win some Monero, uh, have fun. We will be showing the crossword right here um, and reading off the clues one by one. And then I will uh, release the puzzle to uh, both the YouTube chat and the subreddit. And it's off to the races. Uh, there's no rush as long as you complete it within the time limit, which is 24 hours from uh, when the puzzle gets posted on Reddit. 
then your entry is just as good as anybody who submitted it before you. So, uh, yeah, enjoy. Although need money will respect you more if you do it earlier. So there's always that to keep in mind. <laughs> All right. Well, so there's, do you... there's a less question that you stole your answer from somebody else. Yes. If you're the very first person to submit it, there's a lower chance that you stole your answer. All right. So need money. Unfortunately, I'm probably going to have to speak for this to remain up. It only appears present to the, to the listeners when this is up. So do you want me just to start reading these acrosses and downs for people? You weren't supposed to show all of the, the questions. Okay. I mean, I oh, guess I guess what, it just, I don't know. I guess it just reveals. What do you want me to do? That's fine. That's fine. Do you want me to just, you know, actually, you know what? I can, uh, air, stop sharing for a second. Let me just resize this a bit. We can zoom in. It's well, just it's it's, everything, it's, everything is ruined. This is, this is fairly uh, impromptu. No one saw that. No one. Ah, okay. Yeah. No one, no one saw that. You, you did not see that. It will. You're just going to have this magical one that shows up in a second. I wasn't. Yeah. It'll show up in just one second here. We have this puzzle. Do you want to share the puzzle with people for No, we, we probably want to. Anyway. Do you, if you don't, do you want me just to go down the list reading the across and downs? Yeah, read the across and downs and just okay. show the uh, okay. puzzle. Okay, we're going to share this. Okay, puzzle time. So is that what you're looking for? Yeah, just perfect. Okay, perfect. So I've zoomed in. I've cropped out all the bottom parts. So I decided that it would be really fun for me to read these off individually for the sake of adding extra suspense. So you can thank me for that. So we're going to work on solving this Monero-versary puzzle together. Need Money takes all credit for putting this together. So uh, get ready to start marking down your answers. Hopefully you can see the numbers there. Otherwise, this probably will be distributed after, I imagine. But it would be really fun to get a head start on this. So first, without further ado, let's start with number two across. Okay? And let me zoom in a, a little bit more. Let's even crop the title out of there. Let's get this as big as possible. Okay, so two across. The R in MRL stands for Monero Blank Lab. Okay? Getting everyone started on a nice softball here. It's a tough one. Yeah, so I don't expect anybody to get it right away. Just think, think about it for a while. We've actually allotted one hour for people to guess the proper answer there. Okay, <laughs> number number three across, Monero's progenitor. Apparently, this is also learn new words with uh, Need Money ninety. He gets to flex on how many fancy words he knows. Uh, Monero. What other, what other word would you use for that? I don't know. There's a lot of different words. What's parent? <laughs> so three across Monero's progenitor. Okay, five across the database used by Monero Core. What is the database used by Monero Core? And number seven across MongoDB or something. What were you saying? No, it's like MongoDB or something. Oh yeah. Seven across. CCS is the Monero community blank system. Let's see if uh, Binary Fate can get this one right. Um, I know he's, <laughs> he's just shrugging in the back. <laughs> so the CCS is the Monero community blank system. Eight across. Every Sunday, the Monero subreddit has a scheduled blank Sunday thread. So again, eight across every Sunday, 
our Monero, the Monero subreddit, has a scheduled blank Sunday thread. 10 across. This is the favored wine of Monero IRC. And in parentheses, it says a four digit year followed by type, no spaces. Okay, again, 10 across is the favored wine of Monero IRC. And it's a four digit year followed by type, no spaces. 11 across. This is the last name of the scientist the MRL adopts usernames from. If you're paying attention, we gave some of these answers earlier. So this is an incentive to watch the whole video. Yeah, most of these answers have been answered here. A couple of them. <laughs> yeah. So again, 11 across the last name of the scientist the MRL adopts usernames from. 12 across. Um, this is in the lower left-hand corner in case you have trouble seeing it. It says, Boron Butterfly V11 Activation Height. So what was the Boron Butterfly version 11 activation height? Again, that's 12 across. Okay. So now... We've done all the 12 across, we've done all the acrosses. I recommend if you're looking things up, you put that on hold for a second, you just remember what to look up. And we're gonna start with the downs so you don't accidentally miss something, okay? Number one down, obviously the most important one. The first name of Monero's lead maintainer. What is the first name of Monero's lead maintainer? Number two down. The name of the anticipated new ASIC-resistant proof-of-work algorithm. So number two down is the name of the anticipated new ASIC-resistant proof-of-work algorithm. Number three down, the first name of the researcher who invented bulletproofs. Again, three down the first name of the researcher who invented bulletproofs. Number four down, the contributor with the highest number of GitHub commits slash lines of code. So again, number four down, who is the contributor with the highest number of GitHub commits slash lines of code? Number six down, what is the name of Monero's new range proofs? Again, six down, what is the name of Monero's new range proofs? Number nine down, the last one. What are the first seven hexadecimal digits of the first Monero block? Seven down, sorry, nine down, I apologize. What are the first seven hexadecimal digits of the first Monero block? Okay, so we'll distribute in a pamphlet that has all these details. We just wanted to be really dramatic about it. But the password 
to yeah, the I just archive. the archive and uh, the crossword puzzle in its entirety to the r slash Monero subreddit. Okay, so can I stop sharing my screen? Yep, you could stop sharing your screen. Anybody can go and pull that up uh, if you'd like, fill it out, and uh, complete the, the uh, next couple steps. Because there's there's more than a crossword. The crossword's the easy part. Yep, the crossword gets you access to two extra steps. And now we're going to sit and wait until Binary Faith finishes it. Just kidding. Um, in fact, I'm just going to pull up the rest of my information. I unfortunately didn't wasn't paying attention to chat, so hopefully didn't totally blow, blow up here. Um, okay, sorry, reading up, just catching up. Okay, some people were remarking about how they only memorized a few. Memorized a few. Um, but yeah, thank you, Need Money 90 for preparing this really fun puzzle for everyone to complete. So is there anything else that you want to mention in relation to this puzzle? I uh, know that's about it. Okay. When is the deadline for this puzzle? Uh, the deadline is 24 hours from now. So uh, that will be like 515 uh, PST tomorrow. So around zero UT, uh, sorry, uh, universal. Yep. Thank you so much for both offering the puzzle and, of course, offering a prize for people to... to and Medusa has offered to uh, contribute to the prize pool as well, so it'll be slightly larger than if I was just running it on my own. Oh. So thank you, Medusa. Excellent. Um, so that's really fun. Now, um, in addition to this puzzle, I prepared one more really fun activity for us to do. It's similar to the activity that Diego gave at the closing DEFCON speech. So I hope that Diego will be really excited here. I, I learned from the best. We, we really just play off of each other pretty well. So um, we're going to play a little game where people, where I'm going to give you 10 questions and you need to guess the correct answer to them. And to help facilitate with this tool, we're gonna use something that my mom uses for her elementary school classes pretty frequently. It's something called Kahoot. <laughs> so it's really easy to sign up and join. I'm going to give you a link. You just click on it in your, you know, on your phone or on your browser. You type in a code, you get added to the game, and then I'll show questions and I'll share my screen again. I'll share the questions as they come in. You need to answer the correct answer and you get points for answering correctly. You lose your winning streak where you get bonus points if you answer incorrectly. So we're going to have a nice little fun game. Um, you know, core team members can participate, but they aren't entitled to any bragging rights because they should know all the answers already, um, but they're welcome to. <laughs> so I'm gonna start sharing uh, that information with you all. And I hope that this will be a nice little fun activity for us to uh, to do. So first, let me, I'm almost there, almost there. Let's play this game. And I'm, again, I'm gonna share a, a link with you all. Um, I'm almost there, podium, cool. Um, sweet, game pen, classic, player versus player. Okay, it's almost ready. So you need to go to this, this website. It will prompt you uh, for a code. And you need to type in the pin six, se uh, so, sorry, seven, six, 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 nine, zero. So I'm gonna post this. I'm gonna start sharing my screen here. 
And um, sorry, I need to mute this tab. It's just making some annoying noises. Okay. Share my screen again. Share. Okay, full screen. Here we go. Kahoot. Okay, so you need to go to this website. We have Monero entering. We have Rerar entering. I wonder who that is. Um, so again, it's just really easy to use. We'll make sure we get a few other people to enter. And um, it's these shouldn't be too hard questions. Some of them are purposely a little tricky, but um, anyone, uh, I think everyone would have a lot of fun doing this. So we'll give it maybe another minute or so before we start. Hopefully we can get more than four players in. We have you know, more than four people watching right now. So let's get, you know, at least 25 of these people in. Um, I mean, ideally. Okay, we got some cool people in here. <laughs> we see moldy rats. I know who that is, but I'm not going to mention it, uh, all, you know, in front of everyone here. It just means someone I know isn't uh, spending their time studying on a Thursday night. Um, <laughs> all right, anyone else who would like to join? Uh, we're at Can six Okay, so you can go to kahoot.it, um, and then it should literally just prompt you for the six-digit code, which you type in, and um, and then uh, it should be should work. You should not need any special browser or app or anything. Okay, we're getting more people. Nine people. We got some heavyweights in here, though. Okay, sweet. Okay, I'm glad it's working for people. This is good news. It's not a complete crash and burn, so that's nice so far at least. We still have some time to go before it will be. Don't you all feel like you're in elementary school again? <laughs> okay, I'll give it another 30 seconds here and then we'll get started. It's supposed to be a nice fun game. Again, you get points for answering things correctly. If you answer multiple things correct in a row, you'll get additional points. Um, furthermore, you get extra points for answering quickly. So if you know the answer, you should answer as quickly as possible because you'll get more points if you answer right away than if you'll wait to the very end. So just keep that in mind. There's certainly an element here where you're encouraged to answer as, as quickly as you can, um, assuming you know the right answer. All right, just another 10 seconds here. Nine, eight, seven, six, Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, I'm gonna get started. There's 11 you, oh, sorry, 11 of you. Enjoy, here we go. Let's see how smart the Monero community is. Okay, I set this to low latency mode on purpose. So what was Monero's original name? And now you need to select the correct answer. You should have only four options. It's just a bunch of shapes. Yep, you need to, so you need to look on the screen to see what they correlate to. Ten seconds. Uh, we need you. We need you to talk because it's not <laughs> it's big too on the screen. Oh, sorry. Okay, so this one. So I'll I'll, I'll name the other one next time. Okay, so most of you got the Monero's original name was Bit Monero. Uh, the other options were Monero Original, which two people said. There was Bitcoin, which no one said, luckily. And there's Monero Coin, which one person stated. So if you got it wrong, and especially if you couldn't read it, I apologize. I'll read the next one out loud, uh, out loud more. Um, 
But the correct answer is Bit Monero, as uh, Ricardo uh, Fluffy Pony stated when he was speaking. Monero was originally called Bit Monero for the first week or so when it was shortened to simply Monero, um, which they felt was a much better name. So um, let's click next and see what the leaderboard is. Okay, so, so you can see here that there is a difference based off who voted or who answered first. So we have in first place Kimura followed by C and then XE, then Binary Fate, then Need Money 90. So in addition, you can't just get it right to win. You also need to answer quickly. So Lame. be ready. <laughs> yeah. Diego probably thinks the game's rigged because it's not straight on here. Um, and keep in mind, while the voting is occurring, if you're in the chat, don't speak because it will make it so that no one else can see what the answers are. <laughs> All right. So Called next. strategy, Justin. Yeah. No cheating, Need Money 90. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Next question. Who is the founder of Monero? Is it thankful for today? Is it Ricardo Fluffy Pony Spogny? Is it David Latipe? Or is it the Zcash Foundation? You have another 20 seconds. Ooh, 10 people in so far, 11 people in. Okay, so the correct answer is thankful for today. I think most of us are thankful for today because it is Monero's birthday, of course. Um, nine of you got it right. Two of you said David Latipe. So David Latipe is uh, the late um, member of the Monero core team. Um, unfortunately, he, he passed away several years ago in Monero's early history, but he was one of the original advocates who were going out speaking in conferences and so forth about Monero's technology. So he was critically important to the um, origin of Monero. I believe, Diego, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, David Latipe is one of the people who advocated strongly for, um, was it both Zero MQ and also the Monero contributor um, conduct where they, they merge things um, very aggressively as long as it doesn't... Uh, doesn't conflict with other parts of the code. Is that correct? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Binary Fate, do you remember? I'm sorry to put you on the spot. So for thankful for uh, David Latipe, um, can you speak very briefly about their contributions? Okay, that's a question mark. Okay. <laughs> um, so he was a previous Monero core team member. We can keep proceeding. Let's see the standings. I know you're all waiting for those. Okay, still in first place by a margin of just over 20 points is Kimura. Then Binary Fate swept his way up to second place there. Rirar got on the leaderboards. He is on number five right now. And we still have Sia and Need Money 90 doing pretty well too. So a lot of fun stuff going on here. Let's have our next question. When did Monero have a rich list? Number one, before ring signatures are mandatory. Two, before stealth addresses were mandatory. Three, before ring CT. Or four, Monero has never had a rich list. And then there's about 15 seconds left. Keep in mind, there's about a three to five second delay on this, unfortunately. 
Okay. All except one of you get the correct answer that Monero has never had a rich list. Um, one of you said that before stealth addresses were mandatory. Uh, stealth addresses have always been mandatory for Monero. So as a result, there would there never would have been a way for you to send a transaction with revealing what your actual address is. So um, pretty interesting here. Um, a lot of you got it right. Let's see what the new standings are. Binary fate, boom, answering quickly, making his way up the leaderboard, then need money 90, then Kimura, C, and Rivar. Wonder if any of them will be displaced here. Let's see what happens next. When did the Monero Community Workgroup host its first coffee chat? January 2016, January 2017, October 2017, or January 2018? 20 seconds left. Most of the answers in. Let's see. Let's see if people remember this one. I guess this one. Okay, it clearly showed. This might have some change up in the scores. Nope. There's certainly a split distribution here. The first Monero coffee chat was actually in October 2017. Um, it was not in January. We started in a, a weird month, but it was the point where Diego and I were like, you know what? We need to have more people talking to each other where they can, you know, real time interact and, and answer questions and so forth. And we decided that would happen around October. So that was when we had the first one. Uh, did you need to say something, Diego? I've been to so many of those accursed things. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of these things. I would, I'd like to point out that a lot of things went wrong in the first one. We tried to live stream it, and then that didn't work to YouTube. So everyone just joined a Jitsi link instead, and then we later, I literally screen captured it with OBS and then later uploaded it to YouTube. So if you want to watch a really bad episode of the Coffee Chat, at least in terms of production quality is concerned, watch the October 2017 one. Uh, we've only gotten slightly better since. All right, let's see if this change of leaderboards at all. Ooh, he's on fire. Rirar with 36, 30 points. Then there's Binary Fate, Need Money 90, uh, Kabura, and making their way on their leaderboard for the first time is Monero. So, Rirar, you've gotten four correct in a row. You are perfect so far. Let's see if you can keep that up. All right, next question. What was the name of Monero's first proof-of-work mining algorithm? Number one, SHA-256, two, Cryptonite, three, CryptoNote, or four, Cuckoo Cycle. Another 15 seconds. Most people have answered here. Two, one. All right. A lot of people got that one wrong there. This is the Monero's first mining algorithm. So many people, at least most people, yeah, most people said CryptoNote. CryptoNote is the protocol uh, that Monero is based off of, but the proof of work algorithm was called CryptoNote. So um, keep that in mind. Even though there's similar names, CryptoNote generally refers to, you know, Monero's ring signatures, et cetera, et cetera. But CryptoNite is the best answer there because that's the name of the specific proof-of-work mining algorithm. 
Um, so let's see what happened to the standings here. Rarar, still 4,900 points. And it looks like it hasn't really changed that much since last time. We still have Rarar, Binary Fate, Need Money 90, Kimura, and Monero on that leaderboard. But Rarar is just destroying everybody. Let's see if he's going to get the next one wrong. I'm going to run over. I'm going to take a flight to wherever Diego lives, and I'm going to click the wrong answer on purpose. We'll Justin shared all the questions with me before this. <laughs> I can assure you I didn't, but uh, it would apparently seem that way. <laughs> all right. What's the next question? Which is not the name of a current or previous written publication that shared weekly news? Monero Hard Fork, Revro Monero, Monero Monitor, or the Monero Moon? Which is it? Okay, we have about another 10 seconds left. Okay, most of anybody has uh, finished the crossword puzzle. Yeah, would, we can we can check on that. We're I mean, this is only 10 questions long. We're almost we're mostly through it now. So, um I would I'd love to know if people have completed the crossword puzzle for sure. Um, most people got the correct answer there, the Monero hard fork. Uh, Diego was working on the Revoir Monero, which we mentioned immediately before this. Uh, there's also Monero Monitor, which was out for some period of time, for a few weeks. Uh, that's actually the earliest of any of these publications. And then um, it, was a, it was unfortunately canceled, as was Monero Moon, which is more recent, but it also was, uh, was canceled due to the person who wrote it, writing it, having uh, limited access to time. Um, but it was... A Monero form funding system proposal that actually helps support it over the time. Uh, now we just pawn everything off onto Diego. Okay, so uh, standings haven't really changed there. I think it may be some small change, some change between C and Kimura. Um, let's see what happens in the next round here. And they passed binary fate, but that's not important. Oh yeah, well I mean, yeah. Good job, Mean Money Ninety. Good job. All right, which of the following has never been a Monero minimum ring size? One, two, three, or five. Oh shoot! I, I think I missed. I feel like this is one of those you know it or you don't type questions. Yeah, no, I, I, I messed up. <laughs> yeah. That that think was not a think. I, I clicked like, way too quick and then realized immediately afterwards what I'd done. So this has... <laughs> okay, we might have some upset people as a result of the answers to this one. So I argue that Monero has never had a minimum ring size of two, okay? Most people said one. Um, I would say that in Monero... What were you saying? We called the mix-ins back then, didn't we? Yeah, we called it the mix-ins back then. So to those... Mix-in um, is the equivalent of ring size minus one. So a, a ring size of one would be a zero mix-in transaction. So um, there certainly were those in you know Monero's old history, and um, it, it had some previous privacy consequences that Monero needed to grow for. Um, the original Monero Research Lab papers, uh, MRL1 and MRL4, advocated for ring sizes to be set to three as a minimum and then eventually five as a minimum. Uh, two was not recommended as a minimum because it does not provide good 
um, protection against chain reaction attacks. Basically, if, if one member of the rings was compromised, then the other ring member would then therefore become another zero, uh, another zero mix in transaction effectively. And as a result, it would just cascade. So you need at least a minimum ring size of three to prevent these sort of cascading chain reactions. So uh, MRL recommended three and five. Monero moved to those as minimum ring sizes, but um, two was never a Monero minimum ring size according to consensus. So this is going to change things up a bit, I imagine. <laughs> Diego is <laughs> Diego is the expert here. I think uh, you guys are a bunch of scrubs. I'll be honest. <laughs> Diego's killing it. Um, Need money ninety still in front of binary fate. I think nothing else changed because Diego seemingly is the only person that got this one right. Um, so so very very interesting. I did not expect this one to be so divisive, um, but but very interesting to know for future future quizzes I put together. Yeah, sorry, need money. <laughs> All right, next question. Eight of 10. With the 0.14.1 update, approximately what proportion of a Monero transaction can be pruned? Is it two-third, one-third, one-tenth, or seven-eighth? This is for a specific transaction. What proportion can be pruned with the upcoming 0.14.1 upgrade? This is one of the trickiest ones, I think, of this uh, of this it quiz. It depends on whether it means striping or not. I can't remember whether that's in yet. Okay, most people got this one correct, which I'm a little surprised. I thought this would be the hardest one, not the previous one. Um, but yes, for a specific Monero transaction, about two thirds of the data is removed for those that are pruned in some sense with the zero point fourteen point one update. Um, so, but that means one third of the data is removed. Sorry, one third of the data remains approximately. That's the second answer. Um, and then the seven eighth number is of the transactions uh, that are, you know, that, that you have and would like to prune, that is the proportion that are pruned. So essentially, seven eighth of the transactions are pruned by two thirds, is the best way to look at that. So, um, looks like most people still were able to see through that one, which is really good. Of, of course, Diego still saw through it. Um, is there a change in leaderboard? So Binary Fate is 40 points ahead of Need Money 90. So we're getting close tied for second and third. And I think there's still a chance in the last few questions for C, Monero, and others to keep making their way up. Yes, uh, Professor Al Kahoot, we're trying it out. We're seeing how this will happen. Um, we can get some feedback after this if it was a, a good program to use or not. All right, nine of 10, how frequently are the Monero community work group meetings held? Once per quarter, once per month, every other week, or every week? Okay, most people have answered about, you know, about 10 seconds remain here. Diego, get one wrong just for fun. <laughs> All right. Most people chose the correct answer of every other week. The Monero Community Workgroup meets every other week as far as a meeting is concerned. We also have coffee chats once per month, which means that sometimes it feels like we're meeting every week, or maybe it feels like we're not meeting enough. Depends on your perspective. Oh, man, let's meet um, once a quarter instead. 
<laughs> I'm sure there are people that, that, despite not voting for once a quarter, would like to meet once a quarter. So um, there's always that. Um, so very interesting. Most people chose the correct answer there. Um, Diego, of course, did. Uh, Binary Fate is still on top of Need Money. I think he actually has a little bit of a gain there, so he must have answered a little bit more quickly. And Monero and C are still battling, um, uh, battling towards the bottom of the the short ledger uh, leaderboard there. Okay, last question, I believe, if I can count properly. Is everyone ready for the very last question about who's the best Monero person? Just kidding. Obviously SGP. (laughs) Yeah, I would have gotten all these right. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Last question. Which of the following Monero wallets shares its view key with a specified server? Is it one, Monoruyo, two, Cake Wallet, three, X Wallet, or four, My Monero? Last question. Okay, everyone answered in time. So uh, the correct answer is my Monero. Most people got that one correct. Um, Monorio, Cake Wallet, and X Wallet, at least currently, all use a remote node system, but they do not share the view key with the uh, the server. The view key is something you can optionally share um, with some services. It allows them to provide services to you in a more efficient way, but you certainly sacrifice some of your privacy in doing so, um, at least if you're trusting someone else. To, to review that information for you. All right, let's see the final leaderboard here. Okay, Diego, you destroyed it. Okay, you got 10 out of 10 there. Okay. I, mean, <laughs> I need to make the next ones harder because he has 11,845 points. Need Money 90 was able to beat out Binary Fate at the very end there with eight out of 10 correct with 7,807 points. And then Binary Fate doing well as always with 7 out of 10 correct, 67.01 points. So hopefully that was enjoyable for everyone. These are the overall leaderboards, uh, I guess, top five. Um, Thank you, everyone, for for playing. Um, I I, I hope this was enjoyable. I guess we can spend the next few minutes debating if this was actually enjoyable for everyone. Please leave a comment in chat if this was, was fun for you, especially if you participated or if you thought this was really dumb. In any case, if you think it was dumb, luckily you can still work on the puzzle that uh, Need Money 90 spent a lot of time preparing for you. Um, So I hope that you really enjoy that. Um, Are there any last closing things that uh, we think we need need to talk about in relation to this this really happy um, Monero birthday? You know know what, actually, the cake um, in Riyadh still has not been cut. How has that not been cut yet? I think we need to cut it before we go. Yeah, it makes me hungry. I am actually quite hungry. Yeah, I haven't had dinner yet. I'm starving. It's almost 8 p.m. here, my time. Alex, how's it going, Alex? It's, it's uh, cake time here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, Nathan, it is better than eye clickers. <laughs> yeah. We're going to light the Monero, Monero, Monero. Candles. Cake, 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 cake. It's not it takes a moment for a second. Yay! Oh no. TXMR is doing his best. 
Happy Easter, Monero. <laughs> Where's the phone? We have the camera on. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, happy Monero anniversary, everyone. Yay! Happy birthday, Monero. Hey! Gosh, we're such dorks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you should, should, should get it there, Justin. <laughs> Binary Fate, did you uh, crack the puzzle yet? Yeah, Alex, Alex going to cut the cake right? Hold on a sec. Oh. Uh, let me eat this thing. Oh, dang it. You guys aren't going to eat this in front of me, are you? Yeah. <coughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Those cake slices don't look very fungible. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, cutting this, machine. Matthias, this is for you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see why we have to watch them eat cake. This is this is this isn't fun. I want to have it. We people do cutting. It's all about it's all about the cake. <laughs> I can't keep up. <laughs> so funny. All right. All right. You yeah. got the idea. Hey. There you go. Four. Justin. Hard folks. You wish you Hard were folks. here. You wish you were here. Honestly, this is the best cake ever. <laughs> I'll have to go get a cake sometime for sure. Make sure we have some at DEF CON or something. Yeah. We bring it. We bring it. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, Justin. Thank you the, so much for hosting tonight. Yeah, the organization awesome. and everything. It was great. Thanks, Diego, and whoever is left. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. It was great. Thank yeah. you. I'm gonna head out and grab some food. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Happy Easter <laughs> to Monero. All that kind of stuff. You know, you guys are the best. Blah blah blah. Love you. Bye bye. <laughs> thank you everyone for joining us i hope it was really enjoyable again check out the puzzle that need money 90 prepared for you um enjoy the rest of your time in vienna everybody um just, just by the way if you, if you finish the puzzle you're entered for a chance to win some monero like you you, you can actually win some money so don't don't uh don't discount it this, this isn't just for fun <laughs> it's fun and money we, 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 we take it seriously anyway <laughs> Rest assured, we take it very seriously. All right. Um, enjoy your cake, everyone. Um, and uh, we'll see you at uh, we'll see you at the next coffee chat. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.